welcome to an unsafe space, guys. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about if white people can say the N-word and what that means and what that looks like. So we are joined with Tajani Harris and Rob Levine, who are Trinity College students. And I'll leave the rest of the identities and introductions to you guys. So this topic for me was very interesting because it's something I feel that's very salient in modern America. Everyone's pretty much saying the N-word <laughs> the way I see it. It's in pop culture, it's in music, and I feel like a lot of people are having these conversations separate. Black people are having it with black people, white people are having it with white people, and they stand in two different camps. So I just kind of wanted to blend that conversation and see our thoughts. So we're just going to get right into it with my first question, which is, in your opinion, can white people use the N-word? Is there any a case that you can make or think of in which it, they should either get a pass or it's appropriate? Uh, for me, I would have to say no. There have been instances where I've heard, say, drunk at a party. Obviously, the N-word is used a lot in rap music and popular music today. So if it's a mistake, I'm not going. I'm not going to guide us to go off on you because it was a mistake. I always say, "Man, man, don't say it again." You know what I'm saying? Just keep it respectful. I mean, just in a casual sense, no, it's kind of unacceptable in my opinion, just based off the historical implications and just the respect for that history. I feel like they just uh, like we shouldn't say it at all in that aspect. But I'm not the guy. If it it's so it's so much involved in culture, mistakes are bound to happen with it, and and those. Aspects where you are in a party, you're drunk, you're not really thinking, you hear a song, you love the song, we all love the song, and you say it, I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying, I'm not going to go off on you about that. So in that aspect, I think that's acceptable, but at the same time, it has to just be in that general sense. Hell no. <laughs> you should not say it. I mean, obviously, like, I understand that, you know, it is so in, in warped in our uh in our society and especially in our, you know, in our pop culture, you know, it's in our music videos, it's in our television, it's in our movies. I understand. But no, this is something that is completely stays within the black community because the name, the, the word itself holds so much pain and so much history that it only the black community can actually feel the emotions behind it, especially with that word. And, now, if I go further, now the word, the connotation itself, uh, it's used to, it has punishing and derogatory meaning towards African Americans. But we changed that word. We changed the meaning and we made it into something that is more of a friendlier connotation, more of a bud or a friend. It's something we took the word and we made, it, we took ownership of it. It used to be something that was uh, called us something subhuman or uh, a second, a second um, grade citizen. But now we use this something as a, a kind of endearment to each other, and and that's something that stays within the black community. And people have to understand that because you have to understand the pain that comes with the word itself. Uh, so going off that, one thing I've noticed um, is a lot of other minorities use it with black people. Do you think that's something that should be? sort of allowed or should that not what do you guys think about that's that a, that's that a very confuses good me yeah <laughs> very good question. <laughs> great question very because i even um like uh, this past uh, winter break i think new year's eve i was hanging out with a couple of friends i was at shippensburg university actually 
And there was this group of uh, guys there. I think they were Filipino and Pacific Islander. They definitely wasn't black. <laughs> he was just saying at that. But they were tossing around the N-word. Hey, nigga, like, what's good? And what's good, nigga? And, like, just, just very nonchalant and casually. And I was just like... At the same time, I didn't have the urge to say something like it was a white man saying it. So I was caught in a bind because they did identify herself as colored. And that was, you could tell by the way they were using the word. But they were definitely not African-Americans. And they definitely didn't have the no type of uh, perspective knowledge about the word at all. So I was really in a bind. I really wanted to say something. But at the same time, I felt uncomfortable to say something. And that's the honest truth. Yeah, I I agree. I would say it's such a duality mm-hmm. because it. I actually personally don't like when other minorities use it more to the direct point. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you're not black. Yeah. If we're instituting these rules that it's something that comes along with the cultural black experience that stays within a black experience, while you may be a minority and while you may be kin to us based on our predicament, you still didn't understand the experience. Let me draw an example. Women are considered minorities and have historically always been minorities in the context of the United States of America. And the women's rights movement and the civil rights movement can be seen as parallel. However, a white woman still can't call me a nigga, right? So just because we understand each other's plight still doesn't mean we're given the permission to cross lines. And I think it stems from, I think, the culture is feeling too comfortable with each other, not respecting still the bounds that lie in our culture. Because I think culture is very important. Um, And it is important to hold on to those cultural things that we feel um, really represent us. How I sort of see it is there's two ways people say it one is with like clear negative racial intent and the others because they sort of want to be included in that pop culture aspect which i don't think is really right and i feel like other minorities using it sort of mostly would fall in that second camp but still not okay yeah and i think (laughs) it's funny because i was listening to comedy skit and the guy goes, for white people, their fr- their best day is when their black friend come up to him like, what's up, my nigga? Like, they like, damn, I made it. And I, and I thought that was that was hilarious because it is a term that's used for like social acceptance yeah. that you use with your boys. Mm-hmm. So we have morphed the word so much from its origin mm-hmm. that I think we almost can't control where it goes. Mm-hmm. Because I would be very curious to see where the word goes in 10 years, as an example. One of my little sisters, she's a sophomore in high school. Her friends didn't know what the N-word was. And I'm like, bullshit, you don't know what the N-word and, and my little sister was like, Anthony, she legit had, it just wasn't her, you know, she grew up in a predominantly white area um, and it just was never used. And I'm like, what? And then she, and I tell you, my sister, she's like vehemently. This girl's never heard. And so Naya tells her and she's like, well, what she didn't understand what what's so charged about it. And it was so innocent in a way that that made me laugh. But it goes to show that we can teach and change it from its origin. Mm-hmm. We're getting very far away from slavery now. And while the N-word was used a lot during Jim Crowism, post-slavery, the origin of it, the, the history where it really the foundation starts in slave times. And I think as we move further away from that as the word completely uh, changes and keeps being re-innovated almost, I think it is going to continue to have different meanings as time goes on. You brought up a fantastic point. Like, for example, 
when I grew up through elementary, middle school, and high school, I had one friend, a white friend named Noah. And he used to hang out with all the minorities, all the black kids. And he used to say nigga all the time. I mean, we called him nigga. He used to say nigga all the time. I mean, he used to just toss it around like, like you was black. I mean, and I guarantee, and as my, you know, as my friends actually justified, he said, I view Noah as black because he's around us so much. He wants to be in our culture so much. He dresses like us. He talks like us. I mean, he's black. But as years went on, as now, present day, he doesn't hang out with any of us, any minorities at all. It's actually, it completely shut us all off. We don't even know the guy no more. And he's a completely different person that he was than when he grew up as and so the person he is now. It's kind of weird to see something like that because it seemed like he was a, it's a social conformity action. You know, it's like a conformist. I want to be accepted. And by all means that I will use this lingo to become accepted and become accepted a part of this group or this friend group. Now he's not a part of this friend group. I guarantee he'll never use that word again. It's interesting because I think a part of that is dependent on identity. You made a very valiant point, which is he, you know, he dressed like we dress. He talked like we talk. He grew up on the same streets. So speaking to that idea that race is a social construct, that means if somebody does grow up in a black neighborhood, whatever a black neighborhood means, mm-hmm. we will have to, you know, this, we will have to parse language to go further. But if someone is growing up in a black community seeing the same black experience that the everyday black person did when they begin to have a similar identity. If going off the idea and in, in, in my fantasy, we're in a silo now. I'm positing for a second. <laughs> if we were to identify, if, if the world was to identify that, hey, race is a social construct, therefore at that point we'll have more validity. Why? Because it is depending on what's going on around you, you know? Um, and I think if you take away the historical context from slavery, I think we, that word could be then be used in, 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 in a normal way. But I think it's the the historical piece that I think gets people every time. Like every time, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, speaking very candidly, I've tested out though. like, can I let my white friend say the N-word around me? And, you know, I, I let it go. And I, re- I will never forget we're pre-gaming in my room and one of my friends and the amount of cringe that came to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, ah, that's why, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I, I don't think it's, I think you can say the N-word and not be racist. I think you can use it and and you can use it and not have a racial uh, intent behind it. Uh, but I think so us as so let, let me let me clarify what I'm trying to say. I feel like us charges as black people is that we have to divorce those two. We can't become so hypersensitive that the word prevents us from mobilizing and, you know, like losing it when someone says it. We have to detach it a little bit. But I think we still can keep our resounding point that you don't have authority to say it. Yeah, just to speak on the whole dynamic with like the white friend, I had the same kind of experience. Not that he used the N-word, but he was so comfortable around black people. And in a way he didn't, he told us like he didn't really fit with, you know, the white friend dynamic at our school. So he would always be with us, like, and natural about it, you know what I'm saying? Not that he used the N-word or anything, but it was just a familiarity with him there in that he wasn't of, like, a, it was like a private school. He wasn't of the upper class. He was on, you know, uh, financial aid along with the rest of us. He just was, and he really, you know, bonded with us. And in that sense, 
and made him very comfortable. And he would, I mean, he would make jokes about it like, oh, what can I say? What can I say? And it was just like, as you were saying, it's the history. It once, like, immediately when a white person says it, it just brings it, it flashes it back to like, oh, like it makes you, makes me specifically uncomfortable, you know? And it's just like, with knowing the history involved with it, it just makes it, you know, extremely uncomfortable. But I mean, as you said, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, racist in a way. But I feel like where we are now, when they say it, it kind of just brings it to that point just automatically, you know. So I think that that leads me to uh, my next question for you guys. And is that is the N word always inherently racist or can it be used in non racist manner? Can you divorce the racism from the word and then it just be hurtful or inconsiderate or derogatory term and not racist or is the word always racist it's not racist when black people use it to each other you know and then the thing too is we also have to make a distinction between you know nigga and then with the er connotation as well and that er kind of jumps to the forefront when another race uses it like when white people use it even they say nigga that er kind of strikes you know it just it like flashes. So it's in in that sense, that's how I feel it becomes racist in a way. And when we use it, it be transformed into, you know, nigga. And then it's in a term of endearment, as we've said, you know, like, yo, bro, you know, this and that. But I mean, once it's used by the opposite race, it just kind of strikes. Even if ER isn't said, then it, that's kind of how it like sits. You know, that's kind of how it hits, for, at least for me. So, so to clarify what you said, you you believe that it can be used in a non-racist way. However, that feeling that you get, even if it's not used as a racially charged epitaph, it's still you still feel some type of way. You still feel it, whether it's in a positive or a negative way. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like especially because there are certain black people that think there should be no reason for another race to use it, I think uh, that's reasoning enough to eliminate the use of that word by any other race. I feel like, you know, even if you get a pass from your friends, your friends can't really speak for the entire race, you know, so why there's always the opportunity for someone else to overhear you, get offended, and um, it's just, I, I think that it is sort of always... A, a term that should not be used by people who are not black. So when we say it's almost like we're being prideful that the fact that we are black in America saying, what's good, my nigga, like you're black, I'm black and I can identify you as so and yeah. I'm proud to be so. Now, as a white man or anyone else in that in that stature says nigga or nigger, it's a flash to remind us who we are in this society, a black man who is oppressed and exploited daily and has been oppressed and exploited for about 300, 400 years. And, and it affects our past generations and it's still affecting us now, the current generation, and it might continue to affect future generations. This is why that's the issue with that word. It's, it's, the, it's the total recall, I would like to call it. When someone else says that word, it brings up all that dramatic pain from the past that we we try to forget, but there's no forgetting it. Mm. And no, no, there's nothing you can do to run past that pain and that and that uh, guilt and 
that your ancestors went through and and, and the way that the world's constructed today. I mean, even I mean that something like that is so depressing to even think about. And it's so hard to even think about. And that is the reason why the word itself is so powerful. And people need to realize that. They need to just have empathy, just sensitivity. That's all it comes down to. If you just have simple sensitivity to able to understand why people feel the way they do, we wouldn't even have this conversation. Yeah, I feel like um, for white people and for um, other races, it should make people feel uncomfortable when it's heard by someone else. And so I sort of don't see why someone would want to have that the opportunity to say it in the first place. And I thought that was a great point you made about uh, it bringing up emotions and you sort of can never really know what sort of reaction it will cause in another person. So it's but I think that's exactly the problem. I think we, for us, we hear, we always hear the trigger from it. Mm -hmm. For white people, they don't get or feel the trigger. Mm -hmm. And so since we've now normalized, mind you, we flipped the word and made it a term of endearment, they still hear us use it. And so it's like, oh shit, they still using it. So it's not ringing an alarms in their ear versus if we didn't ever say, if black people don't use it, white people, if no one ever uses it, the moment you hear it, you kind of like, oh, hold on. Like cunt. If someone say cunt, everybody turn like, hold on, what's going on? Because <laughs> in America, that's just a word that's not, or fag, right? It, it's it's such a charged word that no one uses it. And in the moment that everyone uses it, it, it brings disgust, right? So I think the charge on us is that the word shouldn't be used at all. And, I, and I'm, I think I'm most in that camp. That if this word has... All of this power, if it has all of this historical context uh, and all the things that come with that, no one should use it. Not as a turn of endearment, not as a, you know, anything. It should be eradicated. So therefore, every time someone hears that word, they think back on America and they think back on the what, what happened and what we've been through and how we would never go there again. And I, so I think the word is no longer sensitive to certain people's ears. And that's why we can't move forward. So I think we have to choose. This is when it's, it comes down as the, the black person that we have to choose. Are we going to choose to use this word as a tool of liberation or are we going to eradicate that word and use the eradication as a tool for liberation? You're getting the same thing, but it, it requires you to sacrifice something in the process. And that's actually a valid point. I never thought of it in that sense. I want to read a passage from... It was this very interesting article I saw on ESPN by Coleman Collins, uh, and it's entitled Exporting the N-Word. And it was very fascinating because some a lot of the points that he made, some I agree with, some of the other ones I disagree with, but I want to read some of the pieces and get your take. So he says, the first time that a person who wasn't black used the word nigga to address me face to face came out when I was out of the country. I was playing basketball for a team in a small, largely Croatian village in Bosnia. I was walking down the street when I passed three adolescent boys and they responded, hey, my nigga, how you do? I didn't respond. I didn't know how to respond. I kept walking, feeling my ears burn and my jaw tight. In my mind, I saw images of barking dogs. The rest of the walk home was a blur. When I had cooled down, I wondered, were they trying to insult me or had 
their exposure to black culture led them to believe that this is how I like to be greeted. And so I'm going to stop there. And, and I find that to be so interesting because his last piece really, really stuck with me. And that's, were they really trying to insult me or had their belief of black culture that it was okay? That this is normalized. This is what you do with your friends. And mind you, this is coming from three Croatian boys in Bosnia. Very homogeneous society. You know, but also someone who doesn't understand racism as we understand racism. They don't really, mind you, these three adolescent, if they're 13, I think he said they're 13 years old or something like that. If they're 13, grew up in Bosnia, do you really think they know about America, black history? No. No. So is when this being technically a white European person, was it still, was it racist or was it just derogatory? Did they, could they, if they didn't have the, the oomph behind it, was it them just saying, you know, so like, and that's what I'm really trying to reconcile. Like, what, what does the word mean and what is it made up of? And, and I, and I want to, I'm going to read this one last piece and then I'll yield the floor. Uh, he says, they used it as, as a greeting. They were not a threat to me or my well-being. They didn't represent any white power structure. Their country never had any slaves or colonies. And furthermore, you'd be hard pressed to find at any point in the last 100 or so years when the average Slav was better off from a material standpoint than a black American. If the words power comes not from any intrinsic value, but from the power structure behind it, why was I so angry? And so that's what I'm trying to construct is does it come from an intrinsic value on its own or does it depend on time, place, manner and who's using it? Because these people, they didn't have slaves. They didn't have colonies to his point. The average Slav life is significantly probably worse than the average black American. So when they use it, is it, does it still have that racially charged notion or no? No, I'd say it was just ignorance. Mm -hmm. Just simple as that because I mean, they're Bosnian adolescent boys, you know, just trying to greet a, a fellow black man that he probably haven't seen uh, very few times in their lives. So, he, yeah, in the yeah. article, he goes that this was probably his first time ever seeing a black person in real life. Exactly. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to accept that because it seems like African-Americans, they're really mythologized throughout in, in a global stage. I mean... Have you ever seen like an African American go to China? They'll they'll walk up to him and take a picture and actually think he's a celebrity. And then that happens a lot. And like I heard stories of my father even had my that. Dad, my dad, my dad, they was like Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was like he was like, "Oh yeah." yeah. yeah I mean, there's with. there's a certain type of mythological image with the black man, especially on a a pop culture scale. That being said, I guarantee that there's boys Men, many people throughout the whole entire globe who actually feel like these connotations of black, black culture, black history, and and so forth. I believe the N word is attached to it, and it is you can't you can't detach it from it. And honestly, it comes from ignorance that other people want to say that, and they don't have the the, the mental perspective to really feel. I think it just comes down to them not knowing. I want to address mm. your first point, though, about the traveling, uh, because this author, uh, Collins Coleman, Coleman Collins, he says, 
For various socioeconomic reasons and the sheer lack of numbers, very few African Americans leave the United States. The percentage of Americans with passports is reported to be anywhere from 10 to 30 percent. Black passport ownership is believed to be some fraction of this. This means that for the for the vast majority of the world, the first and likely only exposure to African-American culture they will have in their lifetime is through the Internet. Sports highlights, YouTube clips, memes. The, these people are receiving all of this without the framework and undergirds every interracial interaction in the U.S. So basically, they're seeing our culture in a silo. They're not seeing it in context. Okay. They're not seeing it. Again, he used an example that it's a meme. It's that famous meme with Stevie Wonder. And the caption goes, niggas be like, I'll pay you back next time I see you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so think about how often. So the, that's what they see. That's the culture that they think we right. know, we understand. And they're not getting the historical pieces. They're not getting the emotional pieces. Uh, so they're only seeing these things in a silo. And I think that's what makes them take the position. And it's and I think you may, you hit the hammer on the nail. It's just ignorant. Yeah. It, it, it's ignorance because they literally don't know. Mm. And one can make an argument: it's twenty twenty. It's the modern world. They should know. However, depending on the country you live in, it being 2020 doesn't matter. You're still heavily guarded, whether it's either by free speech, internet, or sanctions and rules, um, or you just again don't know. And race itself is one of the most complicated subjects in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. the most abstract form of oppression. In the world, I mean, there's not a. It's so, it's so embedded within our society. We actually think it's objective when it's nothing but a social structure. Yep. It's very, 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 very hard to explain the how race is used towards the African American uh, population, how they are exploited and oppressed from the connotation of race itself, and how many other, you know. My people of color are exploited and oppressed just based on the premise of their color as well, just because of race. This is something that has to be spoken upon further than just the N-word. The N-word is just, you know, just opening the door. But if we want to understand what the hell is going on, we have to talk about race in general. Got it. So the N-word is a product of race. Mm -hmm. It's his baby almost. Mm -hmm. And so, and, you know, if we want to solve the inward problem is not to solve a symptom of it. It's to solve the problem itself, which is racism. Exactly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but one sort of interesting thing, um, it sort of talking about uh, or having the conversation about the N-word, one of the first things that came to my mind was uh, in high school English class. Did you guys read Huckleberry Finn? Yes. So there's a lot of use of the N-word. The teacher made a point saying you have to say the word because that's the because that was the direct context of the quote <laughs> and I just remember feeling pretty uncomfortable because there were black kids in my class and I didn't want them to think I was being racist in I guess of course they knew but what do you guys think about that sort of using the word in a historical context uh should it just be sort of looked at and acknowledged or should it sort of be ignored and not used? I've gone out of my way to like, say if I, I didn't say anything all class and we're reading out loud, I don't, I don't feel like reading. If I see that that's coming up, I'll like raise my hand to read. And you know what I'm saying? Just to avoid that uncomf Thank uncomfortable you. aspect. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just, and I've had um, teachers who are actually really good at that and like, mm -hmm. They'll not say it or like, mm -hmm. you know, skip over it and stuff like that just out of respect. 
So, but I've definitely, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've seen that before. I'm in the camp of say it. And for the reason you guys just said, it makes everyone in that room feel uncomfortable. Mm. And if we're trying to make it a teachable moment, again, we want them to feel that uncomfortableness. We want them to get why we don't like them to say it. Right. So for, if they don't understand for them, oftentimes I hear white people say it doesn't make them uncomfortable. In this case, it made you uncomfortable. And again, I want to clarify that that statement is not holdproof. It does make a, a handful, a host of white people comfort, uh, uncomfortable, but that's not always, you know, the case. And so, but in that moment, when you're in class, when you have no choice, but to face the reality that I'm sitting in a class as a white person, it's black, my black counterparts are sitting behind me or next to me or in front of me. And I have to say this word that I know. And my heart of hearts is going to make them uncomfortable. And it then makes me uncomfortable. That's the feeling you want to invoke. Why? Because then it's not going to, they're not going to want to say it again. Or in, in those contexts, they're going to make sure they don't say it. Because why? It made them feel uncomfortable. So I understand if your teacher like, oh, y'all say it. Like, it's like, that's different. I understand the context of the class. And depending on, I think as an educator, you have to know some kids are just too immature. It, mm-hmm. it would, you know, it doesn't always happen how I just said it in a silo. So you have to, as a professor and as an educator, read the room and know. But I'm afraid to make it a teachable moment. Yeah, I feel like what makes this such a difficult topic is how the word is so much in two camps. One being that it's so much a part of pop culture and black culture and pop culture are so... Um, intertwined and then on the other hand there's the whole aspect of where the word came from all the negative connotations that go along with that and the general negative impact it actually has on black people when it's used by other races too so I think that's why it's such a tricky topic because it's so much in the middle between those two camps of thought. And that's why I'm a fan of if you just eradicate it all. No one ever has to balance the duality. No one has to understand it. No one has to read or parse or figure out where where the word is going because they know it's wrong. Now, I have a few examples. Now, first with the Huckleberry Finn because we we read it in class too. (laughs) And to be honest, the teacher did not say it. And skipped over it, made sure he skipped over it. And I was the only black guy in class. And... He made sure he never wanted to hear that word in that classroom. And that was just like something he was just, oh, I, he was like disgusted to hear it. And, and that made me comfortable. Now, I have another experience. Now, I remember when I was in public school, before I went to private school, um, I was, you know, with my boys. I was saying, nigga this, nigga that, you know, you know, being an ignorant boy, you know, <laughs> of course, being rambunctious. And... <laughs> Miss Higgins, I remember it like yesterday. Like it was, <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> she says, don't say nigger. I say, oh. <laughs> like she said, E-R. Like she didn't say it how I said it. She said E-R. And she said it. I said, what? She said, don't say nigger. I was like, okay. And I felt uncomfortable, but I was just like, hmm. I don't know how to, I didn't know how to feel at that time. And I was just like, hmm. And, and I felt kind of disgusting in, in a way because mm-hmm. like I that was kind of a it was aggressive mm-hmm. it wasn't needed and it wasn't it just it seemed like she she said it more than a couple times uh it seemed like she said it perhaps at home or maybe the day before like, I feel like and you know those people you can yeah. always kind of tell 
it just slips off like, the tongue. It's just far too easy. Yeah, it's too just casually, too easy. It's just, yeah. too, it's just like you, you've you been practicing this in the mirror, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. like, you've been waiting for the opportunity for you to, you know, and give rise for this moment. Exactly. Oh. And, that, and that brings me to... The, what I had to do with last year, uh, huh. uh, Trinity College. College. So I had to deal with this one linguistics professor. I won't name, you know, give any names. Um, so we was in class. We was, you know, just watching this documentary talking about uh, pretty much American dialects. And because, you know, America is a very, very large country with so many different cultures. So therefore, there's going to be a lot of people speaking in a lot of different ways. You got Southern dialects. You got um, your, you know, your Western dialects. You got your Midwest dialects. I mean, there's, there's so many different things. And this guy from the South, he was discussing how blacks speak. And he was like, I hate the way niggers talk. I can't stand it. He said, niggers sound so ignorant the way they speak. And he, this was in class. And I was like, whoo, whoo, whoo. I was like, am I really, like, watching this right now in a classroom? So I had to say something to her. I was like, uh, Professor Lottie, I was like, I think this is completely unacceptable. I was like, I feel completely enraged. I was like, and I feel disgusted that this is being shown on television. And especially, you're pretty much spewing the notion that um, blacks are pretty much uh, have inferiority in their language. Mm -hmm. And because the Ebonics spawned from years of slavery because, you know, uh, reading and writing was illegal for exactly. the slave. But, however... Well, little do they know, we found a way to communicate. Way. Oh, yeah. And, and, and now, and we have some Ebonics and we may have some, if you say ain't, and it ain't the way it is, and y'all, and all of a sudden we're more ignorant? Yeah, I don't right. believe so. But after, the, after that whole situation, after I had a, you know you know, put her on blast in front of the whole entire class. Um, next class, literally next class, uh, one of the first things she says is the first five minutes, and she walks up, she's like, hey guys, remember we watched the video, and the guy was saying nigger, and he said nigger this, and, nigger, and she, she said it multiple times, and I was like, then we just have this conversation, and then I just show you my anger and my frustration about what happened earlier this week. And then you're going to say it again. And especially as a linguistics teacher, you're supposed to know the meaning of all words and the connotation they bring and the power they have. That is your job. And I don't want to hear any excuse that you don't believe that, you know, I didn't know I was ignorant. I didn't, I didn't know I said it. All the excuses you can say in a book. And uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. You're an academic. Dude. It's no excuse. You are trained in this. Exactly. Like, and if I were to start calling you a bitch, a yeah. professor bitch, yeah. you would look at me like I'm like I'm crazy, exactly. and you would be enraged. She would be indignant. And so again, it's invoking that trying to understand that same indignance. Um, but I think the next step, though, in this is that it needs advocacy, not from just black people. Not from people who just look like us and come from where we come from and talk the way we talk, but from everybody, our white counterparts, our Asian counterparts, all of our, everybody. So like, as an example, in that situation, if your white counterparts would have been like, yo, this was so unbecoming and walked out of class too, she would have then had a moment like, whoa. You'd think they would. That, too. Uh, that was the thing. And and I, I remember looking back because I was sitting in the front. I looked back at everyone and they're looking at me. 
And I'm like, Could someone please say something. Because they I expect the black person to. Yes. They, 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 everybody, and that's the, I think, the most uncomfortable thing. It's when, like, all the white people are looking at you, and it's like, I'm black. I can't show my ass. Why? Because that's what they expect me to do. I need y'all to show y'all ass, and then, you know, we can all make something happen from that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where we have to be, is that, you know, our white counterparts in those moments are saying, uh-uh. No, I'm not tolerating this. That's not okay. This is not what's up. And you don't have to make a big thing. You, even if you pull your friend aside and just say, yo, B, don't say, don't say that. You know what I mean? I think it's about people having not only courage, but that integrity and realizing that this is all of our fight. Why? Because we all live in the United States of America. We are all participate in this great American experiment. Uh, and so if we can get people to activate their activism, that we can eradicate it, especially with white people. If white people begin to say, no, that's unacceptable. If, a, if a, somebody says it, they get kicked out. A professor says they get, you know what I mean? I think I don't want to live in a hypersensitive world um, because I think it's problems with that. But also we need to live in a world where people can take things without parsing people's statements, but then add advocacy behind that. The moment you choose silence, you choose the side of the oppressor. And so, you know, either, you know, stand for something or fall for anything. So it was a great conversation. Uh, more to come. Uh, this has been an unsafe space. Check us out next week. See you then.